Wondering how to navigate local, city, state, or the federal government in order to grow your business, secure funding for your nonprofit, or advance your organization's agenda? Welcome to Lobbying Insider, a podcast that brings listeners to the intersection of business and government to provide a rare perspective on how things actually get done. We will dive into some pressing current issues, provide keen observations from the past, and keep an ever-watchful eye on what's coming next. I'm your host, Zach Fink, Director of External Affairs at Davidoff, Hutcher, and Citron. Glad to have you with us. So we're going to take a look at the political outlook coming up for the next year. There's a number of races we're following, a number of issues before the state and city government. I am with a certain individual who needs no introduction. I'm going to have him do that himself, Mr. Keith Wright. Thank you for being with us. Zach, it's a pleasure to join you uh, here on this podcast. Uh, and, and the next coming two years are nothing but political excitement as far as I'm concerned. That's right. And and so, Keith, just give us your, your – you're a consultant here at DHC. Just tell us a little bit about your, your background. I am. I joined DHC uh, seven years ago. Uh, I had served in Albany for 24 years as a member of the Assembly. I was able to chair the Labor Committee. I chaired the Election Law Committee, chaired the Social Services Committee, and I, and I chaired the Housing Committee as well. In 2012, I became the chair of the New York State Democratic Party. So I got to travel the state, all parts of the state, and, uh, and, and, and talking to candidates and talking to office holders. And uh, in 2009, I became what's known as the New York County Democratic leader, a position previously held by Herman Denny Farrell for many, many years, and and, I, and I'm currently in that position right now. And you're in that position right now. Okay, so let me ask you just about the one of the races that everyone has been talking about has been this George Santos seat out Who? on Long Island. <laughs> Who? I don't know if you heard of this guy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Big New York Times expose. I think it was about a year ago, right? About, yeah. Yeah, where they just talked about the fact that he had fabricated all this stuff on his resume. He lied. He was kind of a fraud. We, eventually, charges were brought against him, federal charges. Uh, we have not seen the conclusion there with that. But internally in Congress, who's a Republican, they did an investigation, and they determined that he had violated numerous ethics laws within the chamber. So even his colleagues voted to expel him, and now he's gone. He's out of Congress. And looking ahead, the governor has set a February 13th, I believe it is, date for a special election in that third congressional district, which is a portion of Queens, but it's mostly Nassau County, right? So let me let me ask you, I mean, Tom Swazi represented the area for many years. He's the Democrat. He's the person the Democrats are going to put up once again. But that area of the state, as you know, Keith, has been trending Republican. So is it is there enough disgust, you think, with someone like Santos and what happened there that People are going to vote Democratic, vote for the you – know, who would – he's not an incumbent, but he has served in that seat before. Well, number one, it amazed me that it took a New York Times article to flesh out all of the, um, I guess, the fraudulent activities that uh, George Santos was indulging in and, and, and they are to be applauded for doing that because theoretically – Candidates should be vetted uh, during the campaign season, and nothing like that was ever done. Yes, that district has been trending Republican, right. if you will. Swazi did represent the area for about six years, I believe. It was three, two, three yeah, terms, about right? three terms, yeah, yeah, about six years. 
And he, before that, he was a county executive. And he's run for governor a couple of times. Yeah. So he has tremendous name recognition. Now, I don't think, I think I'm pretty sure that if Swazi had run for Congress again, yeah. he probably would have been elected. Uh, I know that, you know, he's a favorite son of Long Island and, mm-hmm. and, and, and people know the name. I do suspect that he will become elected because he's a familiar name and he's a name they know. And, and, and certainly he didn't have any of the problems that George Santos right. had. But, you know, quite frankly, just because it was the district has been trending Republican, the constituents or the, the voters out there did not get it right. They just did not get it right. Well, in all. some respects, don't you think they voted Republican almost like a protest vote? Meaning they yes. didn't vet the candidate himself because That's a closer look at this guy would have revealed he's got some real holes. And you did not need a microscope in right. order to, 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 to look at the holes uh, in this guy's resume. Right. Uh, but they did not get it right. They were, And I think you're right. It voted almost like a, a protest vote for right. whatever the reason, whether it was a, a vote against the governor. It could be a whole variety of reasons. Right. But they did not get it right. Well, we saw that backlash on Long Island, right? I mean, we, we saw it even in the, in the in the well, I guess this was also the 22 race, but the but you know, Hochul did not perform very well at the top of the ticket on parts of Long Island including That's right. Nassau That's and Suffolk right. County. That's and right. even in this last election in 2023, we saw a big wave again against Democratic candidates. This is local elections. They weren't any big statewide congressional, but um, you had an, an instance where voters in that part of the state are anti-democratic for whatever me- reason at the moment. And there's probably a number of reasons for that. You got to remember, Long Island, especially Nassau County, has always been a bastion of, it was like the last stand uh, for Republican politics in the state of New York to a large extent. You know, you had Al D'Amato that had come out of Nassau County and really created it as a real Republican stronghold. Right. And then I guess it, it kind of, because these things go in cycles, yeah. Democratic Democrats or Republicans and such. So, but I do suspect Santos ran against a guy named Zimmerman, I think yes, his name was. Yes, Zimmerman was the, was the Zimmerman candidate Zimmerman was his name. Because Swazi dropped out to run for governor. Swazi. Against, against Hochul unsuccessfully in the right. 2022 that's primary. Right. That's right. He Swazi, had a very poor showing. Tom has always wanted to be the governor right. for whatever reason. I know he ran in 2006 against Elliot Spitzer mm-hmm. uh, for governor. But yes, he and he could have probably coasted to a victory if he had run for Congress again. And by all accounts, he was a very good congressperson, paid attention to constituents, was putting forth issues that people in Long Island really cared about. I think there was some sort of tax that they were being taxed, salt tax. I yeah, think the salt, right, right. Salt, State and local taxes. State, the, the Trump yeah. tax plan basically eliminated your ability to get money back for local taxes. And Cuomo made a big deal of this at the time, and Swazi was a real champion for it. Absolute champion. Yeah. Absolute champion. And that's very important to people, homeowners. Homeowners on, 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 on Long Island, Island. Yeah. which is yes. And so he became a real champion. And I think to some extent, I think Long Islanders, whether Republicans or Democrats, I think they – they trust the name, the name Swazi. It's, you know, Tom's been at it a long time. I mean, as a kid, I think he actually ran for mayor of Glen Cove. Yeah, and he might oh, have been. Okay. Might have been in his twenties. Yeah, right out of law school 
or something like that. So There's two things I want to ask you about that. Number mm-hmm. one, just the general power of incumbency, which I think people who are not involved in politics maybe underestimate, that once you're in a seat, it's very hard to lose that seat. And then the second thing I was going to ask you, just in terms of what we were saying about Long Island and swinging red and more towards Republican, we really haven't seen that in Westchester. Right. We've seen kind of the opposite effect. There's now about a million people in Westchester and it tends to go more blue in that direction. Yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, Westchester is the wealthiest county in the United States of America. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. It's the wealthiest county. That's what people seem to forget. And and, and they mainly trend uh, Democrat. Yeah. Lately. I mean, uh, you, lately, did, you did yes, have Rob right. Astorino there for many, right. for many years That's as right. county executive. He That's was a right. Republican. In years past, That's they have right. produced Republican candidates. That's but right. I would I would argue the trend line is going more towards Democrats. Agreed. Totally, totally agree. Which um, is different than what yeah. you're seeing on Long Island. Yeah, no, and, 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 and all sorts of things could be taken into account for that. I mean, whether it's the crime issue, mm-hmm. education, taxes are always big as an issue on Long Island. But I do suspect that I don't care who the Republicans will put up. Uh, I do suspect that, that Swazi will prevail now. That being said, you have to remember that Swazi did run for governor. Let's not minimize that mm-hmm. point. He did run for governor against Kathy Hochul. Whether or not, I mean, there was a, a question, and I think there was a New York Times article yesterday. Oh, yes, yes, this week, uh, right. That, that when she summoned him up to Albany, and then she put certain conditions on her um, support right. for Tom Swazi. Because I'm, I'm going to tell you, listen, our listeners, you know, people that run against you, you're not predisposed to be their friend right. personally or politically. Right. Ever, ever again. <laughs> ever right. again. Yeah. So, so I think, uh, and, and I think Kathy will put some conditions on, number one, that Tom has to support the uh, woman's right to choose, I think it was. Yes. And, and apologize for, and apologize. for the, the attacks he made during the campaign. He made some, some attacks. Personal yes. attacks. Just like, I mean, in any campaign. Yeah. You know, any campaign's going to get a bit heated, no matter what. So, yes, he did make some some attacks, apparently. But to her credit, the governor is supporting uh, Swazi, and you got to remember, you know, with, with Santos leaving, and I think Kevin McCarthy leaving, I think there might be a three vote. Majority, yeah, it's very in, in slim, Congress. Now, right? I mean, it's yeah. super. Su- yeah. I mean, I hope no one, none of the Republicans, catch a cold, right? You know, or or feeling <laughs> in a four divisive vote, a there, little yeah. bit under the weather, or <laughs> looking a little peaked, or yeah. whatever. You know, it 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 it, 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 it could mess up a vote, right? To right. mess up a vote. You got a slim majority. I have never yeah. ever seen such a slim slim majority, yeah. uh, in in the House of Representatives. Every vote is going to count. Yeah. Every vote's going to go. So with Santos leaving and with McCarthy leaving, and who knows who else uh, might leave, because quite frankly, being a member of Congress right now is probably very difficult on both sides of the aisle for those folks that just want to get things done. I think that's right, and I just want to jump back because you raise a really good point about Hochul summoning Swazi Mm -hmm. up to Albany, Mm -hmm. which he did. He drove up apparently and and sort of sought her blessing if the Democrats were going to choose him to run for this open seat. And I thought it was pretty strategic on the part of this governor to make sure her version of events got out there, right? They fed it to the New York Times. It made the point that she is still the head of this party, that he needs to go through her if he wants the blessing. She's the governor. Right. When you're the governor, you're the governor. No ifs, ands, or buts about it, period. 
in. And she was, she was, you know, her team, herself, they were savvy enough to realize that that is what they want to get and, out and, into the public discourse. And, and you know what? And you know what? Tom Swazi drove up there. Yes, he did. He, he drove up there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know what time of day it was. I don't know what time of night it was. But he did, in fact, drive He up went there. there. And he, he knew if there. he was going to get that seat, that's, right. that's the that's road right. that's to, right. through that's which right. you have to get that's, that seat. That's right. 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 His road to Washington, D.C. ran through the ran through governor's mansion. The executive there. mansion that's in executive, Albany. In Albany. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, I, and I wanted to ask you just generally, because some people would say, all right, Swazi... Why does he have such power coming in? And this goes to the earlier point about the power of incumbency. I mean, I guess once mm-hmm. you're in office, not only is there name recognition and familiarity, but it does seem like the kind of entrenched interests who support candidates tend to do so and stay with them, right? I mean, is that is that is that how it works? So that so that an incumbent has a much bigger advantage than an unknown running for a seat? Oh, sure. I mean, first of all, you have name recognition, and second of all, you have folks that uh, are either seeking the help or the assistance of your office. They're not seeking the help or assistance person or of an insurgent. Right. They're, they're seeking the help of the person that is, in fact, office. Number three, I mean, you have all sorts of largesse you could, I mean, you have money you could give away, can, you can help out with constituent services. That's another thing. You're right. going to, right. right. I mean. You have resources. You have they, resources. Right. And so people do gravitate. And, you know, and let me go back to name recognition. I mean, people, you know, they, they vote the names that they know. Yeah. You know, I'll never forget when I was running for office for the first time, and I was in a field of about nine different candidates. You know, some people knew me, some people didn't. And they say, and people vote for different reasons. Right. They vote for different reasons, totally. And somebody said to me, well, I see you campaigning out in the rain. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm voting for right. you. If you can be out in this rain. That's right. That's, I'm voting for you. Right. You some care people, enough. You, yeah, you, you care enough. Right. 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 And some some guy said, "I'm voting for you only because of your father." Yeah, I'm voting for you because of your mother was my teacher. Yeah, I mean people vote for different reasons. Sure, and and you know it's um, you, you have to be able to tap into that vein you know, on the retail side of politics, right? To figure out figure out a way of to give people a reason why they should in fact vote for you. And you were in that seat a long time, the assembly seat. Oh yeah, representing I, Harlem. Right? I could have, I, mean, I could have still, I could have still uh, been in that seat right. if I so desired. I did have incumbency. I ran as an insurgent. Yeah, but once you become an insurgent, you you, you become the person. Right. You become part of the establishment, which is which is you know, not a bad thing. You're you're working together no, with your colleagues to reach consensus and and pass bills on behalf of the twenty million people. Not in the a state. dirty word. Not, not at a, all. Not a dirty word. I, I think, think t- these days people tend to think that. Though, oh, absolutely. Bit, right. Absolutely. You know. I mean, the Isley Brothers had a song years ago called "Fight the Power." Yes. Fight the power. Yeah. But when you can fight the power, but then you have to uh, become the power. Right. Right. And you can't get anything done without. You can't get that. anything right. And and I think it was Ronald Reagan that said. You know, and, and, and you're trying to get consensus. And everybody represents their different communities and such. And, and, and uh, you know, you have 18 million people in the state of New York. And when you're running in, you know, when you're in the legislature, you each have a district of about 140, 150,000 people that you have to represent. But you have to achieve consensus for the whole entire state of right. New York. What's good for the whole entire state. I think it was Ronald Reagan that said, if you get 70% of what you want, that's considered a good deal. Right. That's now, of a course you have, yeah. and that's an yeah. absolute victory. Now, of course, you have certain folks nowadays that seem to, you know, they just want 100% right. of everything. So consequently, 
no one ever is able to achieve 100%. So consequently, they don't get much. And you do have a lot of um, activists who tend to get into office and then not be able to get out of that mentality, right? Of that it's, it's we got to keep fighting, we got to keep advocating, we got to keep right. going. But I mean, right. I'm sure there were a handful of tough votes you had to take oh, over the Lord, years, yes. right? That might have oh, gone against, Lord, yes. you know, specific constituents that you knew about, but you did so for the greater good. Yes, right. That's right. I'll never forget. I had one of my campaign promises, I will never vote for to create another prison. However, one of the first bills, one of the first budget bills I had to vote on was creating another prison. This was under Governor Mario Cuomo. And okay. And I really had a close uh, relationship with Harlem Legal Services mm-hmm. and, and the free legal services that were supposed to be implemented on behalf of the people of Harlem. Yeah. And it was a lot of money. And so I had to make a decision yeah. which way I would vote. Right. Because I certainly uh, wanted um, my programs to get their money but I did not want to vote for another prison in the state of New York. Well, Harlem Legal Services got their money. They did. They got their money. They got their money. (laughs) (laughs) But that must have been a a tough choice. Yes. I mean, you have to, you know, you have to do some soul searching. You have to think politically. And then you just, and you have to make a decision. You know, in in politics, you have to make decisions. Right. Good, bad, or indifferent. Right. And and you hope that the majority that you make, your constituents look at your record and say, okay, I may not agree with every single thing, but, right. but by and large, he's, he's right. up there trying to, he's right. trying to advocate for right. us. And there's a certain trust level. The various communities are trusting that you will represent them, whether it's in Congress, whether it's in the state house, or whether it's on the local level. They are trusting you to make the right decisions. Right. Um, I, it still amazes me that Santos... No one knew what this guy was up to yeah. before, during, and, and possibly after. No, he was not vetted, not only not by his own party, right? Who, right. who, who a lot of this stuff was easy to learn easy. in terms of the fraud and everything easy. else. But how did an opposition researcher from the, from, from the Democratic Party right. not deep dive into this and say, whoa, 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 this guy has some serious credibility right. issues? And I don't know whether or not they took him seriously as a candidate. I just don't know. Yeah, I, I think they didn't. I think they that's fair to say that. Take him you know, serious. but to your point, because he is a character. But I mean, he, he's a character, and you look at him, and he looks like a character. He's a character. I mean, yeah, and yeah. but but I mean, to your point earlier, it, it had to take a newspaper journalist digging into them, I and that that is that should not necessarily be. That should have been done long before he got elected. Anytime I ran for office, I can bet you that people were delving into my, yes. my third every, every, grade yes. book report. <laughs> every grade you ever every got. Every grade every, ever got. Every girlfriend you ever broke up with. Oh, but, yes, yeah. and the one that I <laughs> still hold a torch for, whatever, right. what have you. I can guarantee you. Yeah. They search my bank accounts. I mean, I'm sure. Turn they, it upside they, down. Everything, yeah. yes, yeah. everything. Do you recall, and I, I want to, there's another race I want to talk about in just a minute up in the Bronx and Westchester, but mm-hmm. do, you, do you recall in that period when you were representing your community. Did you have any really tough races where you were actually looking over your shoulder and saying, okay, this is this is a real threat here? Well, um, for me, no. But I remember in 2005, I ran for Manhattan Borough President. Okay. Now, I had no business running for Manhattan Borough <laughs> President, but there's, a, and there's, there's an affliction called candidate-itis. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> when you get an elected official or someone that wants to be an elected official and they want to run, there's really no stopping them. Yeah. I had been in the assembly for maybe about 10 years, and I felt like one of those old boxers uh, yeah. in the ring. And, and, I, and I felt like I, was, you know, I, wasn't, I wasn't sharp. Mm-hmm. So I, I said I, I wanted to run 
for um, uh, I just I needed to get back out in those streets. I needed to and do something different and right? do something different. Yeah. So I ran for Manhattan Borough President. Did not do well. Did not do well. Um, and then I was uh, you know I was concerned that since I did not do well, that maybe someone would be coming after me on your heels on my in heels your other seat for my assembly seat which right. was the next year that never materialized although people were saying oh now i'm going to run against he i'm going to run against he well it's a free pass right and because because so because it's it, a 2005 election is an off year so you can maintain your assembly seat and run for a city that's right office right that's and, right you know whereas if let's say you were running for congress or for governor that's it right. would it would line up with the even years and you'd have to give you have up. to give up you have to give okay. up, and I and I enjoyed working as as you know in government and politics, politics, and I enjoyed being uh, in the assembly because yeah. I was able to get some things done. But I was concerned, but it never happened. But one of the good things that occurred because I did in fact run for um, Manhattan Borough President was that I formed relationships yeah. with a lot of the folks throughout Manhattan. And Manhattan is a big, 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 big borough, diverse borough. It's yeah. very one of the most diverse. You have 1.4 million people, and uh, you have black, white, Dominican, Puerto Rican, Asian, huge gay, growing Asian population. Jewish. I mean, you yeah. have everybody yeah. in Manhattan, right. and we all have to live together. So, uh, but one of the good things is that I became, because of that run, I became the, the Manhattan, New York County Democratic leader. Oh, so it did now, lead to something. Yeah, it yeah. but and you know what? But politics, people seem to think that politics and government. Is about making a pretty speech at a dinner or or having a soundbite on television, and it really is not. Yeah, it's just, it's nuts and bolts kind of work. It's drudge work. Coalition building, and it's coalition building. But more more so than anything else, politics is about relationships. Yeah, it's totally about relationships. The more relationships you you form, the better. Now, the relationships can be bad, can be good, whatever. But it, it, politics is about relationships. Yeah. And, and because of that run for Manhattan Borough President, I was able to form some good relationships. Uh, that People was, you may not have been connecting with in your assembly. That's state, right? exactly, right. exactly. Right. So, but no, listen, what is Satchel Page saying? Uh, don't look behind you. They may be gaining. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> you always have to be cognizant right. of the fact that someone <laughs> might be... You on know. your heels. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I mean, there's fierce, fierce, fierce competition. Yeah. Uh, well, for these are these there's seats. a coveted amount of seats, right? And 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 there's only so much to go. You know, I mean, people want to work their way up, but sometimes people try and do that and still never get where they want to get. Usually, usually the the electorate usually gets it right because they have a way of being able to discern whether or not someone is in it for the right reasons. Yeah. Whether a person really truly wants to serve. Mm-hmm. Whether a person just wants a job, whether or not a person uh, is just looking for uh, whatever money that the office is going to. I mean, people, the electorate usually gets it. Gets correct. it right. Yeah. Usually yeah. gets it right. Which is why this Santos case is so interesting. This right? is Because right. it was yeah. such a misfire, right? It, it was really just, was. Yeah. On and it's all a, and it's unusual. sorts of levels. It's on, unusual. Unusual. Yeah. Unusual. Let me ask you about this other race up in Westchester in the Bronx. Jamal Bowman is a, I believe he's a freshman, right? He's still in his first term. I think he? first, I think he might, might have had, might have two terms. Might have two. Okay. Might maybe have, it was 2020 when he first yeah. got elected. Um, now he is facing a challenge. This is a portion of Westchester and a portion of the Bronx from George Latimer, who's the Westchester County Executive Democrat. They're talking about a primary. And one of the issues looming large is the war in Israel and Palestine. 
And there are a lot of Jewish voters, obviously in New York City and in Westchester as well, who are disappointed with Bowman's stance. I guess there was a, a, a resolution on the House floor that called for the unequivocal support of Israel in this time of crisis, mm-hmm. and he voted against it. Mm-hmm. Latimer seems to be seizing on that opportunity as a way to maybe primary him, tap into Jewish support and anger about that vote. Uh, what's your take and read on, on, on what happens there? Well, number one, and going back to my Satchel Page quote, people who want to run for office or people that want to um, or want a certain office that you're, they will always, they're always examining you, mm-hmm. always examining your positions, always examining your votes. And people will seize on any opportunity when they see, when they think that there's an opening. Now, that being said, Latimer who happens to be a very popular county executive. Yeah, he's done a good job. Yeah. He, and, and, he, and he's a hard worker, and he truly, truly wants results. He, he was a state senator in Westchester, and he was in the assembly. And even before You served that, with him in the assembly, I right? did serve yeah. with him in yeah. the assembly. And even before that, he was a very popular, I think, county legislator. Mm-hmm. He's entrenched. People know his name. Yeah, Jamal Bowman. I think is another one that kind of came out of nowhere in this in this wave, this uh, progressive or uh, wave, what have you. Not as entrenched. Now, I don't know whether or not he, you know, as an incumbent congressperson, that he has um, uh, been able to really formulate a real base. Yeah. I just don't know. But I will say this: it's it's a it's a very strange district. Mm-hmm. I don't know the percentages of or the demographics of how many are black or how many people are white or Latino or what have you. So um, that has to be examined. But I think when you get a race from a, um, a guy like George Latimer, yeah. and and if, if, if the Jewish voters don't like your position, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. Because there's, there's enough Jewish voters certainly in that district. And as you know, it, it sometimes really comes down to who's motivated to vote, right? Because you're not going to get 100% turnout. You're not going to get anywhere near that. So it's the people who choose to go to the polls very often motivated by a particular issue that has said, hey, you know, thing, I may not have vote this time around, but I am going to vote because I'm really annoyed about this particular stance he took. Now, that being said, sure. And, and when you run for office, you always, you're always looking to expand your base. You're always looking for those folks that are not like you. Now, and of course, Latimer, I think, is very popular yeah. with, 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 with the black vote. Yeah. His deputy county executive is a black guy named Ken Jenkins, who's very competent, mm-hmm. um, knows what he's doing, and also he's entrenched in Westchester. Yeah. So I, I just don't know how big or what the demographic is uh, of the congressional district in terms of the amount of whether it's 60% from Westchester right, or 40% right. uh, from, from the, the Bronx. Right, I just right. don't know. Right. I just don't know. But And um, we may have new lines anyway. And we may have new because lines. Because they're, they're, that's the, right. Yeah, they're, that's they're, right. the court is that's looking, right. the high court in New York State, right. the Court of Appeals, is considering throwing out the congressional line specifically because right. there was a whole inability of the commission to come up with lines that could be agreed upon between the Republicans and the Democrats, and they are bound by the Constitution to do so. It wound up getting drawn by a judge up in upstate western New York somewhere, and Democrats are very unhappy, so they've challenged that, and that's currently before the court. That's right. And Latimer, remember, Latimer is term limited. Yeah. As the county executive. So 
He's got nothing to lose. Yeah, he's got nothing to lose. Why not? He's got nothing right. to lose. Right. And, and as long as you have the fire in your belly, you know, I think you know, they, they start campaigning in the winter, Yeah, you know, for a June primary, he's got a free shot. Yeah. No, absolutely. So I, I, it's going to be a very, I, I guarantee it's going to be a very spirited race. I, I don't think Bowman is any slouch uh, by any means whatsoever. No, he's a good campaigner. He's a good campaigner, yeah. right. Right, and he's engaging, and and I, you know, I'm sure he connects with folks, and so uh, people are going to be going after their bases, and they're going to be going after the folks outside yeah. of their bases as well. Um, I'm sure the Latino vote becomes very important. Some critical, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So. So it's to be watched. It's something to be watched. It's to be watched, absolutely. All right, so a couple races we are going to keep an eye on. That is going to do it for this episode. We want to thank you very much for being with us. Keith, thank you. My pleasure. Fun. Great to have you. The Lobbying Insider is a production of Davidoff, Hutcher, and Citron LLP, New York's premier middle market law firm, practicing in over 20 areas, including commercial litigation, economic development, real estate, and, of course, government relations. The Lobbying Insider is produced by Joe Benti, and our sound recording engineer is Devante Addison. Publicity by Jody Fisher PR with Beth Ann Mayer at Lemon Seed Creative Managing Social Media. Our podcast platform manager is Monica Thomas. I'm Zach Fink, host of the podcast, and if you'd like to help us spread the word about our show, please share it with colleagues and friends, and be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice. It can be found on Apple, Audible, Google, iHeart, Podbean, and Spotify platforms. Thanks for joining us.